cheese is an element for me that brings people together. You think about cheese, you think about a uh, friend and a glass of wine, and you think about cheese, you think maybe we're making some pizza, and this means bringing family together. This is The Producers. I'm Anthony Huckstep. After arriving in Australia in 2004, Giorgio Linguanti wanted to create something different that not only fulfilled his creative side, but added to the evolving culinary landscape too. He became a cheesemaker for the love of creating almost an unlimited number of cheese products from just one simple ingredient, milk. And that's Amore. Well, my name is Giorgio Linguanti and the business, the most popular business name is That's Amore Cheese. Um, we also have another, I have another brand in partnership with Dario. It's called Cannoleria. We're making cannoli. Um, in the last 80 years, we moved to a beautiful premises in Thomastown at the 66 Latitude Boulevard. There's a premise, the, the, our factory is uh, on the boundary with the Ring Road. We have this beautiful cheese factory, plus a deli and cafe. They, in these years, has been growing as a business. We become very popular with our kitchen. We're making breakfast and lunches for a lot, a lot of people now. And uh, very traditional Italian and plus burrata uh, promoting dishes. We, we're making a lot of um, new things every week with burrata. Uh, in these premises, we, we, we transform in milk. Then coming from the fresh from the farm, we go to two big um, uh, suppliers. One is chaos milk, another one is uh, uh, buffalo milk. We transform in fresh every day. Um, the, the buffalo milk product, the most popular is the, the buffalo mozzarella and buffalo bocconcini and buffalo ricotta. And um, and also we make a couple of other cheeses like the buffalotto and the drunken buffalo. Drunken buffalo because it's matured with wild leaves and grape skin from Nebbiolo uh, wine and from a winery in it called Marson wine. Growing up in Sicily, Italy, Giorgio had a strong connection to food and when he came to Australia, he wanted to share the food of his original homeland. As an Italian, I grew up in Sicily uh, all, all my life before coming to Australia. I, I was born in Sicily and um, uh, I did a few, experience, few experiences in the, in, uh, as a jobs, but nothing about food apart the last two years of my life in Italy. Um, when I opened up a little brand of a typical product from Sicily to be sold to the Aeolian Islands. The brand was called La Belle Oliana. Nice adventure, then start and finish, unfortunately, when I left for Australia. So in 2004, I arrived to Australia, and um, with no word of English, I approached the first job was a fruit shop, and then I moved to another area in the north part of Melbourne, and I went and worked for a cheese factory, an Italian old guy, then was... Um, yeah, we welcome in this little riches factory, teach me what he can, but also keeping a lot of the process very mysterious. Because every time I was asking, why the milk smells different from yesterday? Or why the curd look, look different from yesterday? Um, his answer was, why you want to know? I'm not tell you. And so this was a little bit funny, my challenge. 
So what a more curiosity than me because I, I was interested from this uh, new job, especially because you making cheese, uh, if you think about this is just one ingredient. It's a milk. The rennet is always the same. The milk is changing with the season, so with the dye, with the farm, so with the variety of a cow is a live element, but the rennet is a rennet. Exactly the same for pretty much a lot of different cheeses. And start a culture, it's exactly the same. I mean, can change, but these are the ingredients. There's nothing else. It's all about in the way you process and you make uh, the, the difference between temperature and timing and the way you cut and the way you MPH. There's so many little things involved. But so, and it can, it can make a so big difference. So, I've become very interested in about cheese making. I asked my brother, he's living in Florence, I said, Giuseppe, buy me a book about cheeses and send me over, please. So when this book arrived, it was um, not a technical book. It was a more, actually, I still have, and I'm holding on on this beautiful book from Slow Food, um, um, from the Slow Food movement. Is the, the book that um, uh, collected the 293 cheeses, Italian cheeses protected from the Slow Food. So I start to read about, and there is, uh, the first part was uh, a little bit technical, about rennet, about starter culture, about temperature, this and that, basic stuff. But they were necessary for me at the time for closing the, the, the puzzle that I was missing a few pieces for understanding how the process was. So yeah, I started to make a cheese at home. And I, I start to make cheese for the family, for fun, for myself. As an Italian, I've always been connected to food, and I've been always cooking at home. So um, this was um, really a continuation of my journey in the, in the food uh, world. Um, one night, and then I, I left the cheese factory. I went to work for Visiboard, a night shift. And working in the factory, really couldn't see myself and do the job forever. So I said to my wife, you know what, I need to try something different. So one morning I wake up, I went and bought some milk from a friend, the cheese factory in Thomastown, actually, and I bought a bag of milk. I went home and I made this flat bocconcini. So now we named this product bocconcini leaf. But um, at the time, that's a, was, the name was Sfoglia di Mozzarella. So it means uh, exactly flat mozzarella sheet. And um, I roll them up, one with prosciutto and one with the salmon and other stuff. And you know, I went out and I presented this to an Italian restaurant. And the owner um, liked them, like myself. Uh, he liked me, liked the product. And he asked me, Giorgio, how many you can make? I quickly calculated the quantity like I was uh, already with a bigger pot, let's say that. And, um, and he gave me the, and I said, 16 kilos. Okay, bring him 16 kilos. So I went out um, flying <laughs> because I had the first order. I went straight away, bought some buckets for the packaging, some order some milk, and, um, and, and started processing immediately. So the day after, I delivered 16 kilos to this. Uh, to this restaurant and was the spark was there um, I start to this was I was making a home in the garage very let's say unusual legal way but all the business starts in the garage so this customer stopped to buy from me after a couple of weeks because 
the managers were you know, happy to work more with this new product, whatever. Uh, other customers, I was trying to look for other customers, they said to me, Giorgio, we like your cheese, but you must get it right with them. Um, with the license and stuff. I said, oh, okay. So I stopped to make a home and I started to think about making more serious. I called the, 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 the department to ask about information. They, they asked me to have, do an application and, and I found a solution. I started the business in November 2007, renting inside another cheese factory. I was renting a little corner of this huge cheese factory, making my little pro- quantity of product 30, 40 kilo twice a week, and then try to selling in the morning because at night I was working at a, a still at the factory, a recycle company, Visigold. Uh, and let's see, in, in October, to the, in October, in uh, April 2008, I quit the job. Yeah, I become that more full time. In the meantime, I was developing other little product like the ricotta delicata, the scamorza, the smoked scamorza, and other product. They created myself a little range. Uh, funny things I still remember when the the graphic company asking me after producing me the logo, the, the famous blue flag with the Vespa and that's some more cheese everyone knows and now isn't to our product. And after they producing me the logo, I said, Giorgio, what's your product so we can pre- help you to prepare a, um, a libel? And I said, it's called Foglia di Mozzarella. All right, I will translate. Translate like a mozzarella sheet. And uh, okay, we prepared this libel, but at the time, my English, it's not the best I know, but at the time it was even worse than this. I couldn't pronounce this mozzarella shit. <laughs> and I still, when I do it, I'm scared to say, because, and we, I, I called them the day after, said, guys, I couldn't pronounce this, and we have to find another solution. We, we thought about a little brainstorming, we found a solution like a bocconcini leaf. And this has been the first product that I'm starting to make. A product that was, nobody was making in Australia, a flat mozzarella that can be filled with other stuff and rolled and presented. Um, lovely product, but never took off like I was thinking because people a little bit um, like to have stuff already prepared more than prepare themselves. Um, this was the first product, but after that too, I... I went out on the market, and my market was something different from my colleagues, from my Italian cheese, cheese company colleagues, because they, they were proposing more to the Italian community. I was approaching, being a gourmet, uh, I was trying to make stuff very, with a very Italian flavor, so soft, juicy, um, the ricotta was a delicate, smooth, melt, was a, uh, melting your mouth. And um, something really gourmet. I was uh, happy and easy to approach the best restaurant in the, in the city. So I found a big gap on the market at the time where all these chefs were traveling to Italy, uh, found a beautiful product, come back to Australia and look for the possibility to use the similar product. So when I was approaching them, for them it was a, a fantastic opportunity. Actually, it was the chefs that bore me on um, 
on uh, on the on the growing in the on the journey of of the Zamora just because they were uh, helping me on using the product in dishes so creating my reference creating my ideas and 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 support me and also give me more ideas for producing other product i still remember this chef asking me Giorgio, do you make burrata and i said to him yeah Soon we start making burrata. In the reality, coming from Sicily, not having any cheese uh, maker background, and my 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 little town in Sicily, it's not a big town where you have a product coming from everywhere, from other region. I never saw burrata in my life. So my first burrata was looking on YouTube, experimenting, go to the chef. And then when I presented this uh, very traditional burrata with a knot and a stracciatella inside, he asked me, George, this stracciatella is a little bit too um, chunky. Uh, can we do something more, more delicate, more smaller? So we adapt our, our stracciatella, so the feeling of the burrata in these years has become what the chef like to work with. Because they like to have this show of when you open the burrata, the stracciatella going out from the from the case of the burrata and so we created a stracciatella is a little bit more delicate than what in the reality in italy is in italy is holding much more it's not running out and uh, and when i presented this burrata with the knot the chef said to me what do we do with this knot at the time he couldn't see this knot as a summit in pretty so i said can you make it with your knot i said okay i can make it with your knot and yeah and then these products have been uh, um, an improvement uh, we've been always changing things changing packaging improving because from uh, in particular the burrata about everything starting from food services or started from the chef um, and the restaurants and the cafe then there's a people asking uh, the product uh, to the deli. So the product, um, there was a demand on the on the retail side. We started producing something. We improve, try to improve the shelf life to have a few dies extra and go in, in retail. And this has been our adventure. A very special and unique cheese. Burrata relies on many things to make it just right. Well, um, the burrata, it's become now the... The, one of the most famous Italian fresh cheese in the world. It's not just Australia, the burrata is super trendy. Italy, everywhere in Italy, from north to south, you find the chefs proposing burrata for making more rich and more interesting the menu. But also you found this in Canada, in America, everywhere in the world. The burrata has become the, the representation of Italian style cheeses. Uh, of course, mozzarella in general for pizza, but in parmigiano, but now the burrata is the new trend. The burrata is a super fresh cheese, coming in the, originally coming from Puglia. Puglia is, um, for who um, try to remember the shape of Italy, like a boot, is the hill of the boot. And um, was invented um, pretty much in, in, in the 60s, uh, 1960s, when they, there was this um, um, abundance coming back to the world after the war and they very tried to utilize the leftover from the mozzarella production because the filling was a little piece of mozzarella they were at the end of the production so they were shredding this by hand and mixing with cream and they were collecting the cream from the what happened when you stretch the mozzarella you stretch the mozzarella with hot water this water become full of cream 
Then if you let it cool down with this water, you have um, uh, the cream going up on the su- surface. You call it in that. And it's a beautiful cream. You can separate it from the water. You can make butter or you can make the stracciatella. This is what it was used at the beginning. So they were making this stracciatella and then pour it into a mozzarella case to hold on everything. This is the way it was invented. When I started, I was trying to reproduce the same concept. And again, over there, and so the secret is, from, from my personal opinion, and what's also the difference we have between Australian burrata we're making and the Italian burrata. At the moment, the high demand of burrata in Italy, the, um, the shortage of cream, pushing the producer to producing burrata with uh, UHT cream. So if you, if you go in Italy, you will have potentially 95% of the time, you will have um, a stracciatella made with UHT cream. And UHT cream is not just cream. It's a cream and other additive. And plus, it's a shelf-stable product. In Australia, we have access to much more fresh cream, beautiful, from our beautiful farms and uh, we so the product the product become already more gourmet and and also another important thing is the, the, the quality of the milk you're using because on the fresh the milk is the, the key of making good cheese it's one ingredient if you don't have a good milk forget about making good cheese in australia we're so lucky we have uh, our cows uh, they're able to to enjoy the sun the pasture the pasture so, um, all this beautiful land with green grass the cows they're happily eating on the field difference from farming in europe in uh, in the middle east in europe and america where the farm the majority of the cows for improving the productivity, they've been keeping in the shed, often in the shadow, where they get fitted with whatever the farmer um, decides to give it to them. It can be good food or bad food. What it means bad food is if it's the milk going to bottle for coffee, so if the milk is going to be transformed in cafe latte, or cappuccino, it doesn't need to have the, this beautiful um, nutrient because it will be wise. For them, it's about volume. So they feed in the cows often with whatever food is available. Orange peeled and expired yogurt, old bread, and other stuff. But for making cheese, you need very good milk. So the cows get fed with the best grass, the best eye, because the, the protein, the fat, the, the other one um, involved in the cheese making, also the flavor. Uh, and this, and we're so lucky. We're so lucky because Australia, uh, the one of the best milk in the world, Australia and New Zealand, they are two of the best sources of milk in the world as a quality. We should actually promote this in our international campaign when we try to promote our product overseas. Going back on the burrata, to this beautiful milk, we are able to produce a beautiful fresh cheese and fresh mozzarella. The good things about burrata have to be super fresh. So my suggestions to followers and cheese lovers that are approaching the burrata is try to, when you buy, don't put in the fridge and white the last day of the shelf life for enjoy. Buy and enjoy straight away. Of course, leave it out of the fridge whenever the least, so room temperature, it will make the, the, the product more, uh, more tasty because all, the, 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 all the, the creamy it will be more, room temperature will be more enjoyable.
and uh, and there is so many application also. Um, the burrata is important to the curd on the outside the case to be, um, for my personal opinion, to be a no super overworked curd. Have to be something when you you have to be able to enjoy the knot, to enjoy the. Um, to enjoy the, the case as well, not just the feeling. So, um, <clears throat> well, um, the company, when I started in 2008, I was myself, um, start the production, finish the production, cleaning up everything, put everything in the van. At the time, I have this little Mitsubishi Express van with in front of it and then the freshness is coming. Of course, I was a delivery in the afternoon, the production from the morning. So uh, I was doing everything. And slowly, slowly the team grow. And now that Samora Chisa team is about 120 people. Um, between the production, the logistics, the administration, marketing, and also another 30 people is about the Delhi Cafe because it's open seven days. Um, so if there's no, um, no problem in production, then need me in my... My presence in production, um, I will start about six o'clock, and then um, time to say hello, time to take a few coffees uh, myself uh, with together with some staff members and talking about a few different departments. I will go through and then manage my my agenda uh, with always new tasks. Um, the funny part before was uh, for me cheese making and selling the cheese. And now I don't, do, I don't get to do no one or the other. Sometimes I have a few people missing in production, so I'm happy to jump inside and this can happen at 4 o'clock in the morning and spend four or five hours in production. I'm, I really enjoy that. It's hard work, but it's, for me it's fascinating still and, and, and nice. There you go. And, um, and see the customers is another nice part because the customers, they generally appreciate what we're doing and they give you feedback. This makes you feel good. Um, and yeah, this is... Um, and also we've been bringing um, a revolution in the Italian style cheeses in, the, in, the, in Australia. That Samora has been the first company to make a burrata. Okay, it was another probably the perfect burrata when it started, but we were still the first people. And the smoked cheeses and cheeses still like a squacquerone, another variety of cheeses that are still very unique. The diavoletti, the little smoked mozzarella with the inside an olive chili, and is a um, the, in Italy, they might adjust in Sorrento, in town, in Sorrento. So we still pioneers. We still do things differently. We still try to bring uh, the Italian style cheeses forward, and we've been become very representative in the industry about that. And so, wow, cannoli business. Hmm. I tell you this other story. When we start to do shows. That Samora Cheese was doing the festivals and show and tried to sell more cheeses. We were test, we were chopping cheeses and giving testing to people. They, sometimes they were uh, stop and talking to us and enjoy the cheese and making questions. Sometimes we were just grabbing the cheese like a seagull and fly away. So uh, <laughs> I said, guys, we need to. Do, they want to eat. Okay, let's let's give them something to eat. So more than do testing, 
we decide to give the cheese in a dish. So the first options were the caprese salad. So we were um, slicing a mozzarella, buffalo mozzarella, and uh, slicing a tomato of the same size of the mozzarella and inter interface one, one slice of tomato, one of mozzarella, like this, serving a little plate, and cannoli. Because can with the cannoli, we were promoting the ricotta. Cannoli is a Sicilian dessert that comes from Sicily. In Sicily, the cannoli, traditional, they are with ricotta. But here, yeah, cannoli were already present into the, um, uh, into the, the market. The majority of, um, of um, cake shop was having cannoli. And some cake shop, they were more uh, professional, were proposing proper cannoli. Often with custard, modern ricotta, and custard. Uh, but a majority of, of other, of other um, cake um, display were displaying cannoli with already soft, because normally the, the shell should be, it's a fried shell, should be crunchy when you eat. And uh, this is, I remember when I arrived and I tried the first cannoli here, it was a, the shell was a soft, the castle was a, uh, an anonymous castle with no, uh, not even enough sugar, not even enough chocolate. It was really sad, really, really sad. Um, so when we start to propose in this cannoli filled with ricotta and, and filled it on the, on the spot in front of the customer, the, 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 the results was outstanding. People was oh, wow, I never tried cannoli so good. What customers is this? It's ricotta. Ricotta. Doesn't taste like ricotta. It's ricotta. So, slowly, slowly, we become, to make, we were making more and more and more, every day more of this cannoli. And uh, at the point that I said to my chef at the time, it was Dario uh, Di Clerico, uh, was, he was the guy that opened up the kitchen to our cheesery. Um, I said, Dario, do you want to do this business together? Uh, we're making cannoli and we, we try we make a few cannoli shop and we see where we're going say so, okay let's do it so we went in partnership and um, on this project and and we start we start with event but also we start with a shop uh, we have a shop still we have the shop is in south melbourne market this is the first shop we open up and I remember at the time, the, the market was very shetty. So, so, um, we don't think about cannoli will be enough. Can you put your cheeses also on display? So listen, let's start with cannoli because we feel very confident. And then if it doesn't go well, we put the cheeses, no problem. I remember still when we open up, we have five people working into the shop for the first two months. Three people filling cannoli, piping cannoli, non-stop, and two people serving. It was amazing. Amazing energy, vibe. In these years, we developed um, other flavors, but the, the base is always ricotta and sugar. And, and so we make ricotta, sugar, and cocoa, and cocoa we make the chocolate. Ricotta, sugar, and, and Vegemite, we make the, the, an Australian flavor, very nice. Uh, ricotta, sugar, and coffee, we make the coffee. So uh, we, we, we stay on the, on the, on the um, concept to keep still the ricotta as a protagonist of our feeling. In the meantime, also, we open up other shops. We do have another shop in Preston Market, another, another one in uh, High Point Shopping Center. We're working with Cheston at the moment to, to maybe sell one over there. Uh, we have a pop-up in Dandenong Market and in Graceland. In, um, uh, in Graceland, we have another, another um, 
cannoli shop. Plus, we're selling cannoli from now at Cora in Edelberg West, where we set up a proper factory for cannoleria. And we're selling a lot of cannoli in Thomas Town to our cheesery. Um, we're going about 15,000 cannoli a week. Yeah, yeah. And people love it. Plus, we got this beautiful cart, then cannoli cart. We we selling, we we hiring for for wedding, for events, for opening of a shop, for auction uh, cars or auction houses or party or um, yeah. We have this beautiful team. We they present themselves so beautiful with the. Uh, with the Hyperon and bow and this cut that looks so elegant. Yeah. The journey into cheese has reached far beyond the art and craft of just cheesemaking. It's also helped Giorgio understand the important elements of a successful business too. All my life in Italy I was a try to do something, something different. I was always a very creative person myself. And um, I don't know if you, when I read the book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I don't know if you know about this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, and I was uh, one of the, uh, one protagonist of this book because my dad was telling me, Giorgio, you can't do business. Well, uh, I'm, we're not business family. I haven't taught you business. You've got no money. You can do business. And this was his uh, idea of um, life. So when I come to Australia, um, I don't have anybody to can tell me you can do this, you can do that. So, and I started a business, and the business going was going well, and I was keeping growing and every every day success from new customers, new events, um, new product, and keeping growing. And um, first of all, making my, myself become uh, um, I become a, a business person, entrepreneur, and everything. I was a the beautiful beautiful thing about about what I do is that I been the boss. And I don't even need to ask much, apart uh, consulting my team so on doing this or that. Is uh, then I can, if I have an idea, I can try. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes you you is a success, sometimes it's a failure. But hmm, we try always new things and um, and satisfy my creativity, change my life. Yes, um, create um, uh, this adventure of that some cheese now involves so many people. First of all, the people that work in, in the organization. We have a 120 family um, supported themselves uh, with that some of adventure. We supporting so many businesses with our product and uh, so many people, they're so happy, so big fan of that Samora. We transform the, uh, the, 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 the Italian style cheese perception in Australia in completely different way. And now we try to work together with the farmers for bring them uh, on a on a spotlight of what they're really doing, the the our farmers, dairy farmers, they're doing. They are the real hero in two twenty in two thousand twenty three into the um, into the environmental um, life of the world. Nobody knows. People are doing a lot of stuff. In, in, they do a lot of good stuff in the city. There's people recycling. People look after the non-wasting water. Don't waste this. Don't waste that. But this is limited to the city. Uh, dairy farmers look after 
the, the countryside for us, for the environment. They no spray the land. They needed the insect for keeping impollinating the grass and they planting tree for the shelter for the cows and this tree bring back um, wildlife like koalas and possum and, and birds of all different sorts and they love what they're doing and they are the only one because I don't want to talk about the conventional agriculture. But if you go in a land of uh, whatever, broccoli, cauliflower, or whatever, you know, found a butterfly, a ladybug, or an insect, or a little mouse, or a little bird, you know, found anything of this. You found this just way. If it's a dairy farm, yes. If it's organic uh, vegetable producer, yes. Biodynamic, yes. But otherwise, there is. Uh, so the, the farmers, the real hero to die in, in the environment, out of the city. Because the only one living in the in the land is them and the uh, and the and the other um, uh, vegetable producers. These are the people living in the land, and they the one doing really something good for the environment. These are the farmers, the people they don't know about. And we try to to bring them uh, on the spotlight to really be appreciated for what they're doing. And so, going back and drink milk, real milk, it will be something good. I can understand the benefit from um, alternative milk, but the milk has some goodness that you couldn't find in in um, in soy, honestly, or other stuff. Cheese is an element for me that brings people together. You think about cheese, you think about a uh, friend and a glass of wine, and you think about cheese, you think maybe we're making some pizza, and this means bring family together. And you think about cheese always, you enjoy with somebody, and for me this means uh, uh, connect, connecting with, with other people. The melting pot of culinary influences down under have helped create one of the most exciting on the planet and that's Amore is one of Australia's most inspiring food stories. This is The Producers, a Deep in the Weeds production. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of producers, farmers, makers and growers, the true lifeblood of the food industry. Follow us on Instagram at Producers Podcast or email us at producerspodcast at deepintheweeds.com.au.